Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. I thought on today's podcast I'd talk about something a little different, and that is the elongated or pressed coins, pressed pennies, that you'll find around the Disney parks. It's kind of one of those interesting things that has a little bit of a backstory that's kind of worthwhile, and I'll tell you how it connects to me toward the end of the podcast. So the idea is that elongated coins are uh, categorized by a technical term called uh, exonumia, and that just means external to the, to the numbering. So it's, it's a, uh, when they're taking the, the coin and actually changing the coin in some way. The collecting of these coins is called uh, numismatics. Kind of funny how they come up with terms for these things, isn't it? It's another Latin term uh, that, uh, that has to do with the, the numbering and the, the way you're collecting these coins. So the idea for the uh, press coin actually came around in about 1893 for the uh, World Exposition that was held in Chicago. And uh, an inventor came up with this idea of having something to commemorate the exposition, and he created a little, uh, basically a, a die, that when he would put the penny through next to this die, it would elongate the penny and actually imprint the words Columbian 1893 Exposition on it. Kind of cool. He had a very clever idea. It became kind of popular. It was, a, it was something clever. Now, over the years, since 1893, people have tried different things to try and uh, use this technology, not really technology at all, but use this idea to create their own version of a press coin, a souvenir of a kind. So you've saw, you started to see these pop up in different places, expositions, zoos, fairs, other places that would commemorate something that you did. And I remember seeing these at like, I think it was the Miami Zoo, probably in the late 1970s, I remember seeing one of these machines there. And it was really cool because you'd put the penny in. It was like the hand crank one. You'd crank it and it would put all the pressure on there and would actually imprint something on the, on the coin and you would get the coin back and the coin would be warm because of the amount of pressure that was being put on it. Kind of cool in its own uh, strange sort of a way. So after a, after a time, these things became a little bit more popular and started to make their way around a little bit. And a couple of companies got in the business of actually creating these uh, machines that could do this. Now, the machines themselves take about 2,500 pounds of pressure, give or take, to actually flatten the coin. And so then the coin becomes elongated. Now, I remember at some point in maybe the early 1980s taking a train trip with my parents, and there was a guy sitting across from us. We were just in coach, and there was a guy sitting across from us, and he was talking about how to flatten coins, and he knew he could do it on the train tracks, and he wanted to show us. So at one of the stops, he got out, he put the, you know, the coin under there, the train moved a little bit, and he picked the coin up. Now, of course, that's inherently dangerous for a lot of different reasons. You don't want to do that, but it was an interesting thing to see that these, now, these coins that were pennies were now long and flat, and it was kind of cool, the weight of the train the amount of pressure the train would put on it would cause them to elongate. That was actually kind of interesting. And it was one of those things that kind of stuck with me, and I, I thought about it a lot over the years. So in 1987, 
um, Disney decided that they wanted to get in on this business. So they actually purchased a machine from a company that, uh, that they sourced out. There was a couple of companies that were making these machines, and they sourced one of them, and they brought in two machines to make elongated pennies. And uh, there were two designs that they came up with that they put at Disneyland in the, in the late 80s there. One was a bear, uh, I believe from the country bears, and the other one was Mickey. And so they created those two coins. They had the machines there. They, hi- they put a guy in charge of actually maintaining these machines. The machines themselves are fairly simple, but they have mechanical parts that do fail. So the guy was in charge of taking care of these machines. And over time, he, just, he did just that. And the machines became so enormously popular that he was constantly repairing the machines. And they had to actually replace the machines at some point. And then they decided, Disney made a, a fateful decision that they could actually purchase more machines and put more of them around Disneyland and have these more, these more opportunities for people to take home a souvenir from the Disney parks. And they had different designs that they would put on there. They'd make these engravings that would then used, be used to imprint on the penny uh, as it was elongated. And they had different things that they were coming up with. So it was kind of clever what they were coming up with and the things they were doing. And it became really, really popular. People started collecting them. And because Disney wasn't changing them a lot, it was easy to kind of collect them all. You could go to the park, you could collect one one day, one the next day, whatever you were going to do. And you might have the full collection of, I think it was about 40 coins before they really got going, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't that many. And they realized that, you know, it's a simple, easy to carry something that somebody can take home as a memento of having been to the Disney park. So they, uh, they continued to do that. It was like 50 cents. It was 50 cents plus your own penny. That's it. And you walked home with a souvenir. Cheapest souvenir you could find anywhere. I mean, best deal on the block. So they came up with these, these designs and they had them around. Now, by the early 1990s, they decided that it was time to expand that and have similar machines at Walt Disney World. And they could start putting them around in different places and getting people to be engaged and do some things at Disney World as well. So they put a few machines around Disney World in some very specific locations, like they had some in the Contemporary Hotel, right by where the monorail is. They had a couple, um, I believe there was one at the Main Street train station. Um, I think the, um, I believe the, uh, there was one that was in the Penny Arcade uh, there in the Magic Kingdom. And, you know, there were a couple others around, not that many. It was just a few that they had around at that time. And again, they found them to be enormously popular. Now, at some point, they decided to put one machine over in Tomorrowland, uh, over by where the uh, arcade was in Tomorrowland, by the exit of Space Mountain. And that one, they made a dime machine. And it's the only machine I've ever seen that's a dime machine instead of being a penny machine. And the reason, presumably, that they made it a dime machine was because in the future, pennies weren't going to exist. So they might as well make them dimes. Same size, same shape, everything else works, so why not make it a dime? So it was kind of clever the way they did that. Uh, kind of funny. So they used these machines and they kept coming up with different designs and kept revising them. And then at some point, you know, in the last 10 years or so, they expanded the machines and there, you know, there's literally hundreds of them around Walt Disney World. And they just kept adding to them and they put quarter machines in and they put other machines. The quarters were four, four quarters to make the machine run plus your one quarter that you were going to, you were going to elongate. So it was a buck and a quarter as opposed to 51 cents. Better deal? Worse deal? I don't know. But you would have these different designs you could get. And so people started collecting them and going regularly and collecting them and having fun with it and collecting them. And, you know, then, they, then Disney figured out that it was one of the things that they had as a, uh, as a problem for them was how to maintain all the machines that they had there. So they found this group called the CTM Group. And um, the CTM Group is um, this, uh, this 
organization that creates amusements and novelties and different things like that. And they actually hired them or contracted with them to come in and maintain all of the boxes around the Disney, around, uh, Disney World. I believe they also maintain the ones at Disneyland too. So the guy finally retired who did them in 1987 through the early 1990s. And they now have this uh, CTM group that actually manages all their, all their coins. So they manage the machines, they manage the blanks, they do all the things that are there. And they split the money with Disney as far as the money that they make. I guess there's some uh, financial arrangement with them. So they take some of, the, some of the proceeds and they probably have some contract to do so much work with it and whatever. So anytime there would be a new coin, it would be CTM that would be there uh, putting the new coins in. They would move the boxes around to physical, different physical locations. They handled it all for Disney. And then at some point they started to put the label on there that they were the CTM group and they started to number all, all the machines. So that way, if there was a problem with the machine, you could call a number and they would be alerted and they'd come out there and fix it. So it was kind of clever. Disney kind of got out of the business to a large degree and let this other group manage it to a, lar to a larger degree. Kind of clever the way they, they, uh, they let the business grow. And so it kind of grew and grew and they kept coming up with new designs and new methods and new things. And they had all these machines that they were working with, you know, and then Disney started rotating around some of the, some of the designs they had. So, you know, here comes, I'll, I'll use a more recent example. Here comes the movie Frozen, and they want to have a lot of Anna and Elsa type of uh, blanks in there where they have the, uh, the dies so you can buy the Anna and Elsa uh, elongated coins. They put, you know, 20 or 30 of them around the parks, around all the parks and resorts. And then at some point that started to fade away, so they started to replace those with uh, ones for each year. And then they started to do some for Star Wars, and then they started to do some for other things, and they kept replacing out coins different places a machine would go off, you know, go off stage for a period of time, uh, maybe a week or so, and then it would come back on stage in a different location with maybe two of the same coins that it had before and a different one in the third spot. So it became kind of hard to keep track of where they all were. So Disney figured out that they could use, they could actually print up a sheet if they got the information from CTM every, every so often, they could print out a sheet and people could go find their coins wherever around the park. And then CTM figured out that they could create a map that then they would have online that you could go find the coins that way. The problem was they were moving them so frequently they got out of date and it was really hard to keep track of them. Plus, of course, they'd come up with these series, you know, it's one of seven and here's two of seven over there. And then this other place has three of seven and then four of seven goes, you know, gets taken out of rotation. And then where's the, where, where, you know, where's your order on that? So it became more complicated and back to why I'm involved in this and why I'm talking about this today is I created an iPhone app that actually is for keeping track of pressed pennies around the park. I actually go through and I find all the new pressed penny machines every time there's a change that's made. I'm sometimes I'm a little delayed on that. It's, you know, this, it's complicated. Trust me. Um, I find that I can't, uh, I can't always keep them up to date in real time, but I can do it pretty quickly afterward. Um, so I go through and I make changes and, and updates and whatever. So you can go around and you can find the pennies by using a map or by searching or by looking for a specific type that you're looking for. And you can go find the, uh, the pennies that you want. And then you can, when you find them and you have it in your collection, you can add it to your list. So that way you can always see which ones you have. Do I have this one? Oh, I added it to my list before. So yeah, I have this one. So kind of cool. I just, I wanted to create something that was kind of useful. Look, I was starting to collect pennies too, my kids and I. So it was kind of nice to be able to keep track of them. And once I realized there was a list to start with, it was kind of, it made it kind of interesting. So I went through and I started doing that and I started building that app and I'm still doing the app today. I make it free. Um, I have an ad that runs at the bottom of it. Look, I'd like to make a little something on it, but it's just to keep the, uh, you know, lights on basically. There's no real money being made there. 
but I want to make this free for everyone because it's fun and it's just something kind of neat and different. You know, no one had done this before. Now there's a couple of apps that do it. Maybe, I don't know, as well as, I wouldn't say better personally, but maybe as well as I do it or differently than I do it. Their approach is different. But I'm always trying to come up with new ideas on how to do it. So I'm just kind of self-promoting here a little bit to tell you about this app that I've got that I think is pretty cool. So uh, I'll put a link to it in my show notes page if you have an iPhone or an iPad and you're interested in it. You can certainly check it out. Like I said, it's free. Um, But the thing was, because there were so many changes going on all the time, it's really hard to keep track of where all of these uh, coins are. And uh, nobody really, you know, there's no comprehensive list at any point in Disney World where they all are. So it's a real challenge to uh, kind of keep track of them. It's kind of funny in a way. Uh, the way this the way this works out. So hopefully this helps a little bit and makes it better. It's not the ultimate answer. I know that. Uh, you know the thing was I was always telling people because I started this years ago. I was always telling people you know you go out and you get your coins and you wanted to get a like a pre nineteen eighty two all copper coin that you would put in the machine so that way when it elongated it was all that nice coppery color. But what happened was you know, those coins are harder to get in circulation and they get dirty and they get whatever. So you have to clean them and, you know, keep after them. And so, you know, it became a little bit harder. And then more recently, Disney has started to change out to, you don't put the coin in anymore. I think, in fact, last, uh, just before the pandemic hit, they had just changed out the last of the machines. So you no longer put two quarters and a penny in, you just put a dollar bill in and it gave you a penny back, uh, an elongated penny back. It would run it for you and then that'd be the end of it. So it's kind of anticlimactic because you don't get the really cool copper penny anymore. Now you have to use the zinc inside pennies that we have uh, that are the current pennies to be able to get something out of it. But that's okay. You still get a nice souvenir. It's just a little more expensive and not quite as um, nice and coppery as the, uh, as the originals. But, you know, it's one of those things that's going on. So, and not only that, it, you know, you just put the dollar bill in. I don't have to carry the coin container around because I used to carry around a coin container with two quarters and a penny all arranged so it was easy to go and pick a coin if I wanted to get one. If the kids wanted one, here you go. Here's, you know, his 51 cents. Go get one. Um, and I'd give them their own little containers and they could pick and choose. It was kind of fun to do while we were in the parks. Now it's all dollar bill oriented. And you would also see that in the more recent uh, past, very recent, and this was actually something that started to happen at the pandemic, as well, just before the pandemic as well, the machines all take credit cards. So you can actually put a credit card in and get your coins that way. It's crazy. It's just crazy. You know, technology just moved along. And how long is it until you uh, you can actually tap your magic band to it or your phone to it before you get the, the coins out and it just charges you? That's probably got to be coming, right? Anyway, this is one of those things that was just kind of neat um, in, in terms of something that Disney did. And I think it's an, still a nice souvenir. It's still a very pleasant souvenir. It's not that expensive for a buck for a souvenir. Something, you know, you could take home something that's uh, that's kind of nice. Now, they're starting to put in more machines of these 8 and 12 die machines. So, you know, you, they'll give you like all eight for $5 or something like that. Um, so you get a, you know, you get a better value out of it. And that's great. But it's, it kind of loses its, its, its sort of feeling. One of the cool things about the machines was you would walk up, you would hand crank it, or you would push the button and you would watch it make it. And you don't really get to see that the same way anymore. It kind of loses some of that oomph a little bit. And because they're now, you know, kind of mass producing these different coins, you know, you're getting all these things that are not as, they're not as well thought out. Some of the coins they used to come up with were very creative and clever in the way they designed them. And some, you know, they take a drawing and they'd actually make something that was a kind of a cool little design. They don't do that as much anymore. Now they're just sort of generic in a way. 
or a little bit more cartoonish, you know, in a way. They're not as, you know, they're not as, uh, they're compu- I think they're done by computer instead of being hand carved into the engraving uh, die. So that makes a big difference. It just, it loses something along the way. So it's not as cool as it used to be, but it's still a pretty good and effective way to catch a couple of uh, fun souvenirs for very little money. And I still enjoy doing it. I still like going and seeing them and getting them there. Um, I haven't been back to Disney World since they uh, changed them all over to the, uh, to the uh, dollar bill and, and uh, credit card machines. The last time I was there, it was about two-thirds or a half done, maybe. Um, so I got to see a lot of them, um, but I hadn't been there since they've all gone that way. But that's what happens. You know, that's progress for you in its own weird way. But they still have them. They're still a cool souvenir. It's still something kind of neat. Um, now, one question I want to answer for you, and this is a question that everybody has. Is this legal? Is it okay to take legal tender like that and change it? And the short answer is yes, it's completely legal. You're not defacing the coin and using it as a coin anymore. And so for that reason, it's legal. There's a specific um, rule around it, a specific law that allows for the coins to be, um, as long as they're completely deformed uh, and elongated in this way and they lose Lincoln's head on them, it's totally legit and you can put something else on it. That's, that's just how it works. And you can't use it as legal tender anymore. So you're basically taking it out of circulation. Kind of funny, isn't it, that, uh, that that happens and they come up with these things? So it's just really kind of cool and one of those fun things that I think is worth talking about for a minute. Um, and I hope you, if you start collecting coins or you've been collecting coins, I hope you find some you like. I know that I have a few people that I've talked to who collect a lot of coins and are really into the whole coin collecting thing and have a very large collection. And uh, it's amazing how many coins Disney has gone through. When I started doing my app uh, about, well, I guess it's about five years or so ago now, um, I started doing this and there were, since I started doing it, I have 200 retired penny designs in my database just since then. And I was talking to one guy who was telling me, yeah, there's probably another 200 that have happened before you even started this. I'm like, really? (laughs) It's just crazy to me. But it's been since 1994, so 25 years of you know, these, um, these coins changing and, you know, things going different ways. So it's amazing how many coins go through there. So there you go. That's my story about coins and uh, coin designs and these uh, pressed pennies, elongated pennies. And I hope you uh, enjoy collecting them if you do. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. And for my one little spark, I wanted to talk about voting. And your vote always matters. I think voting is one of those things that's really important to all of us as a society. Uh, in the United States, being, having the right to vote is one of the hallmarks of our dem- democracy. And I think it's really important that you exercise your right to vote. Don't get caught up in the hype and all the things you might hear on social media or on the internet for that matter, or even on some of the news networks. Listen to the candidates and what they have to say. Don't just assume that because they say that they're good on something, something you're passionate about, and the other person is not good on something, that they're going to change it in some way, that the other person is bad and it's going to change. When it comes to things like gun control, abortion rights, freedom of religion, all the things that are constitutionally guaranteed because of the way they're laid out, those things, they take a lot of effort to change in some way. So don't just assume that the person if they have a different opinion than you, will change something just because they want to change it. It's not that simple. It's always more complicated. So listen to deeper to the issues. Don't just vote on the principles of those things that you think are important or the, the uh, religion or some other 
party affiliation or because they say the other person is bad. Take the time to understand who the candidates are, whether it's the school board, whether it's your local government, whether it's the state government, whether it's the federal government. Take time to figure out where these people stand on things and vote for the person that best represents your interests. There are plenty of places to look for information about candidates. You don't have to just vote for the one because they have a certain letter next to their name or because they said something that you got caught up in. Think carefully about what your vote means and who you're voting for. There's other things that this person may do, good or bad, that you may want to consider when you're thinking about your vote. So that's just my take on it. The other thing is when it comes to other things, constitutional amendments, local ordinances, those other things that you get to vote on, judges for that matter, Research, find out who the people are, find out what the amendment means and understand it before you go to the polling place and and get into it. So that way you have some good fundamental understanding and you're going in as an educated voter. That's what I like to say to people. Just go in as an educated person, understand what you're voting for, who you're voting for and what that means. Now, as far as actually getting out there and voting, there's a site that's been set up, whenweallvote.org. All one word, whenweallvote. And you can go in there and check your registration status, find out how to vote, where to vote, go and uh, go ahead and apply to vote. If you're not a registered voter at this point in time, become one. I think it's important to follow through and do all the things that we're, we, we believe are important to us as a nation and make sure that you take the time to vote. You can also use some links in there to follow along on some election things and uh, learn more about the local elections that you have and the national elections that are going on. So that's my one little spark and my advice to you. Just go out there and be smart and pragmatic and do the right things. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 